It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. Answer. Yes. Touchdown. Did it get it? Hello, everyone. Full Court Press. Jason Walker with you. Uh, Eric Franson, nice of you to show up. Hi. <laughs> it's good to be back. It is, it is nice to have you back. <laughs> it, it, it's always fun to get away, and, and well, if you're going away for good reasons. Uh, but the, the challenge is that when you come back, there's always a pile of crap on your desk of stuff that needs to be done. And uh, well, you went and taped that pile of crap to your uh, shirt, didn't you? Well, <laughs> I've had a, a lot of confused looks today. Some people get it like right away, like my for my Halloween costume. Uh, others have to look at it long and hard to try to figure out what in the world I'm trying to do here. Yeah. So for those of you, I'll try it. I'll break it down for you. See if you guys can figure it out. Uh, Eric Franson has uh, showed up with a bunch of uh, little those like travel cereal box things. And there's knives stuck in them. So and I've got they're all frosted flakes. I've got uh, smacks. 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 <laughs> wow. I haven't seen that one in a while. Fruit Loops. Uh, I got Cocoa Krispies. What else do we got on here? Frosted flakes. And uh, corn corn puffs. Corn pops. Excuse me. Porn, corn pops. Yeah. So he's got all those. He's got the little plastic knives shoved into each of them. And uh, he's taped them all to his shirt in. It, it makes him a uh, serial killer. Serial killer. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Get it? <laughs> it's a knee slap. This mic can't pick up my knee slap here. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, we've had some people. Uh, I've had some reactions today. People just give me these looks like, what are you What are you trying to do? Like, you approached me like, what are you, a garbage bag? Yeah, so, so you dress up as a garbage bag this year? <laughs> and then after a couple of seconds, I was like, I put all the pieces together, and I was like, oh, you're a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do the math on it for a couple of seconds. Uh, yeah, we've had some good Halloween costumes around the office today. Uh, we've had uh, we got somebody who's dressed up like uh, Top Gun, a Maverick. We had uh, one of our DJs dressing up like Woody. Um, we've got uh, some one of our sales guys. Pulled out an old Pirates jersey, and he looks like he could be a manager on the sidelines. He does, For actually. the Pittsburgh Pirates. He, he pulls off the look really well. Yeah, he nice, the ball cap, the, the socks, and everything. Nice old 1970s Painted Pittsburgh on a beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we had some good costumes. I, uh, I did not do a costume. Not as much into Halloween. I've, I've not really put enough effort. Funny thing is, though, I actually went to a costume party like in sometime in the middle of the summer, I think. There was just this party and we decided to dress up as um, people who like characters who like you share like a, like the first letter of your name and you, you went from there. 
So I took the uh, easy way out and dressed up as Jason Voorhees. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So I went with the hockey mask, uh, went and bought a machete. I bought a machete at a costume store, and then we happened to go to Walmart, and I found an actual machete for cheaper. <laughs> I mean, this is like high quality. You know, it'd probably fall apart after, you know, a couple of swings, but it was like $5 <laughs> <laughs> compared to like a $10 oh, plastic one I bought. That's funny. So That's really yeah. funny. So go ahead and you can text in and uh, tell us what you're dressing up for uh, for Halloween. Uh, bonus points, you send in a picture, although I imagine most people aren't dressed up quite yet. I don't know. A lot of people do dress up for work, especially if you're dressing up something sports-themed. That'd be fun. Yeah. We had somebody here uh, had a Chicago Bears jersey on, and they did some face paint yeah. under the eyes. Um, but, yeah, if you've got uh, a, a clever sports Halloween costume. Let us know. I'd love to hear about it uh, here on the Full Court Press today. Or you can tell me what I should dress up for next year. I, dress up next, next I mean, year. it's not too late, Jason. You yeah, but I'm not going to go home at 6 o'clock, go to Walmart, and pick up a, you know, a, uh, the one costume I, I thought have greatly of, discounted. It'll <laughs> <laughs> like, so be discounted tomorrow. I, I've thought of dressing up as Kingpin. Problem is, that would require shaving my head, and I'm not sure I'm ready for that kind of commitment to a costume. Uh, well, maybe you can get one of those uh, like bald caps. Like they, 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 you can yeah. skull those cap. Those look, look like very bald. good, though. I want to make it look good. Because the thing is, my physique doesn't fit well with a lot of costumes. So I figured, okay, what if we get you know a larger man <laughs> costume? And Kingpin kind of fits the yeah, bill there. big white suit. Yeah. So maybe one of these years I'll try it. Maybe I'll just go for it. Who knows? That would be cool. I would I would applaud you. I would be very proud of you. <laughs> so if I come in one year from now in a big old white suit, then we'll take some pictures. Yeah, there we go. 435-339-0321. Uh, if you've got a sports-themed Halloween costume that's clever, uh, love to hear it uh, or even see it, if you can, on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. A couple of the texts coming through, meanwhile, 5338, getting us started off. Dear Michigan, great win tonight. Please accept this helmet to the back of your head as a token of our congratulations. Signed, Michigan State football. Yeah, that was ugly. Yeah, that's that's one of a long list of things that was really weird over the weekend. Michigan State players beating the tar out of a couple of Michigan players, likely going to face criminal charges. This isn't like a scuff up and somebody gets suspended. Dudes could go to jail for this. Well, and after, I mean, this isn't new that there have been dust-ups in that that hallway, in that tunnel. How is it that today, in 2022, a place like Michigan doesn't have some policy, if not, you know, physical logistical ways to get around having two teams in the same tunnel at the same time because they had a bit of a dust up when uh, when Penn State was there so how do they not get this fixed in 2022 why are we still sending two teams down the same tunnel at the same time yeah it's like even Utah State has it granted I think they might have built their that north end zone complex a little sooner I don't know how many updates Michigan's made to their stadium do you think they can make some kind of update? Put in another tunnel. Or do you not want to sacrifice a couple thousand seats in that giant stadium of yours? Or you can have policies in place where one team goes off, you run the tape or the, the rope, and you have to have a two-minute, 
downtime or whatever. Give them enough time to get all the way through to their locker room before the next team comes through. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be that complicated. I get it. If there's an exciting game and there's people all over, it's kind of hard to herd everybody in at the same time. But if it's your policy, it's your home team, I mean, you should know, win, lose, or draw, we're going to go to this part of the field and wait a minute, and then we're going to go off into the tunnel. Yeah, and just have the home team be the one that stays out there. Right. It's like, yeah, you're the one who's game's over, going to the tunnel. But if you wait, you know that at this time, the home team's coming through. Yeah, so it's just like, yeah, it's it's just not a good situation. A bunch of players doing something stupid, letting the heat of the moment get to them, and unfortunately it's a mistake that they're going to have to pay for. That It's just an ugly situation all around. Yeah, not pretty at all. Yes. That, that wasn't even the only weird situation of the weekend. Josh Primo getting cut from the Spurs. <laughs> oh, gosh, that was ugly. This is ugly for multiple reasons. First off, for and, and I don't know if I want to say this is completely false, what he said about, you know, suffering, you know, mental health trauma. I don't I don't want to completely dismiss that as false, but considering what the news that came out a little later, it felt a little disingenuous and it felt a little bit like how mental health is becoming page one of the PR disaster you know, handbook. An athlete you're an agent for has gone through a PR disaster. <laughs> what to do? Page one. Oh, my gosh. Cite mental health. Page two. Continue to cite mental Well, here's the thing. So San Antonio cut Primo, but since nobody picked him up off of waivers, San Antonio still owes him $8.4 million over the next two seasons. Yeah, and, they, and the thing is they picked up his, his contract, the fourth-year option or whatever it was, because they were anticipating keeping him. He was, you know, moving along as a promising rotation player. And then he, uh, how do I say this over air without getting in trouble? Um, <laughs> I think exposed himself was mm. the wording. Mm-hmm. To uh, some... Uh, Multiple times. Yeah, to, to some women. Um, Staff members. Yeah. Not uh, not very wholesome, family-friendly stuff. No. And that's the kind of stuff that'll get you cut from an organization like San Antonio. Yeah. Really ugly stuff there. Uh, also, 5338 texts in, Adios, Brian Harson. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> There's another... So much happened over this weekend. Well, that happened today. Yeah. Uh, Brian Harson got the axe at Auburn today. Um, really tenuous time there at Auburn. In look, they're they've had coaches there who have had undefeated seasons. They've had coaches who have played for national championships, and in a short amount of time, they run them out of town. So there, there is high volatility and high expectations at Auburn, and it was no different with Brian Harson. Now he. Struggled a little bit to find success in the SEC, but he really wasn't given very much time. Yeah, he got, he's in the middle of his second season, went six and seven the first year, lost the bowl game. Um, It's three and five so far this year. But yeah, really, it's been. He was almost let go in the offseason and during the summer. Yeah, for going six and seven. It's like, oh my word, Auburn. 
Yeah, and you mentioned you know letting guys go like uh, Gene Chizik. You know he's the one that goes fourteen and zero. He went three and nine one year, gone. Gus Malzahn comes in. Uh, he's, I can't remember exactly how he left, but in in twenty twenty, was he the one that was fired because of COVID restrictions, or was that you from Washington? Well, that was Washington State. Washington State. Yeah, because Malzahn was gone in the middle of the 2020 season. He was 6-4. And, and I can't remember if he was just fired or if he left. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my, my keepings up with the SEC are not uh, exact. <laughs> my apologies for not keeping yeah. up on Auburn football. <laughs> I would suspect it was yeah, he got fired. but For being 6-4. and four. Let me. I'm going to look this up real quick. See if it notes anything other than he was fired. He was just—he was fired. I guess being I guess since it was six and four, there was fewer games because there was—I think they played one more bowl game after he was fired because Kevin Steele is listed as coaching one game. Uh, Joseph Goodman, who is a sports columnist for AL dot com in Alabama. I, was, I thought you said, "Are we transferring to baseball now?" No. <laughs> No, his headline, one of the worst coaches in the history of the SEC. And his lead, finally, Brian Harson is gone. He lasted less than two seasons at Auburn, but it felt like he created enough embarrassment to last a decade. Wow. Dude's team was ranked 12th the last year at one point. Oof. Like, dude won nine games throughout two seasons. I can think of a lot worse head coaches. Serious like, fire. It, like, it's that kind of exaggeration that that can get you in trouble. That's not going to get him in trouble because he's talking about a coach who just got fired who was hated, but it's that kind of fiery language that you try and get clicks on. Unreal. Well, see, Auburn kind of lives in an alternate reality where they overstate their importance and, and overbelieve how good they are. Because um, I'm pretty sure they have super hard little brother syndrome. Oh, with with Alabama. Oh, big time, big time. So, wow. So you look at, and it, it's it, really this is the latest coach to leave the Mountain West, searching for greener pastures somewhere else, where they believe they can get a bigger payday and more respect than where they were getting where they were before, only to find that grass is not greener. <laughs> on the other side, it's uh, much harder, and the expectations are immensely different. And the 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 alumni and the media all put different pressures and uh, different levels of complications in what you ever dreamed of experiencing at a Mountain West school. Matt Wells found that out the hard way, and now Brian Harson has found that out the hard way. Mike Peterson is probably the lone exception who went to Washington, had success there, and then retired and quit on his own terms. Uh, even Brady Hoke, when he went to Michigan, had a hard time there and eventually came back to the Mountain West where he had success before at San Diego State. Yeah, and really, to me, my you know my theory on this boils down to a couple areas. You know, One is, like you said, you know the media attention and, and the boosters, and everything's just a thousand times bigger. And the other thing is that I just don't think that uh, – 
you know, you can make that jump from a G5 team to a P5 team because you can make the jump from a, you know, one G5 team to another because the game is pretty simpler. Maybe it's a little bigger, you know. You know, Blake Anderson goes from Arkansas State to Utah State. Maybe it's a little bigger. There's, you know, maybe a few more dollars going through. But generally, it's the same game. You're making the same kind of, you know, recruiting plans where you're looking for overlooked guys, you're looking for three-star recruits, develop guys, and, you know, you get guys like, you know, juniors and seniors who are on, like, their fourth or fifth year who are becoming your, your um, you know, key contributors. And now part of that game is also getting a bunch of P5 transfers. Well, you go to a place like Auburn, you suddenly got to go, you're not looking for overlooked guys. You're not going into, on, you know, sitting on a couch being the only Division One offer for some kid in the middle of Texas who's been overlooked by everybody. You're sitting on a couch in, well, Texas or California trying to convince a hotshot five-star quarterback to come play for your school. And if you don't get that hotshot quarterback, you don't win. Because right. everyone else has one of those hotshot quarterbacks. And so the recruiting game is completely different, and you mentioned the boosters and everything. Throw all the expectations that you mentioned on there, and it's just, it becomes absolutely crazy. And these guys aren't ready for it. And so unless they adjust really quickly, they can't do it. Whereas they can make the jump. You know, Craig Smith made a jump from South Dakota to Utah State flawlessly. He's finding it a lot harder to make that jump from Utah State to Utah because the game is different. Right from from G five to G five, it's not that big. Like there are definitely tiers within G five, whether that's basketball or or football, um, or we'll just say non power five in that in that group. Um, but once you go into that other level, it really is a whole other stratosphere. And there have only been a few coaches who have been able to do that successfully. Yeah. I mean, look at what Coach Heupel's doing right now at Tennessee. That's great. But he's a guy who had that P5 pedigree uh, before. He was a high-level assistant at Oklahoma, became a coordinator there, um, certainly experienced as a player at winning the national championship, uh, and then came to Utah State after that staff got let go. Ends up going to, um, was it Central Florida, UCF? I think it was. Sorry, I got distracted. I was looking up. Hypo went to Central Florida to be the head coach there eventually. I think so. And uh, had a little bit of success there, and then he goes to Tennessee, and, and it's working out for him. But you know, that's a guy a little bit different where he had that. He already had that P five pedigree. He'd already had a lot of experience coaching at that level. So, I don't know, it's just it's different. And you don't really see guys go from G5 to P5 that really have long-term sustained success. Yeah. And well, one guy I was thinking of as an exception was exception was uh, Eric Musselman, Nevada to Arkansas, but he I believe has NBA coaching in his background. Yeah. As an assistant coach. So even that in that terms, at least and a head a, coach in the NBA. Yeah. So as, as far as Xs and Os, he's perfectly fine has dealt, you know, with higher expectations and higher degrees of pressure in terms of bringing in athletes and whatnot. So it's like, you know, it, it, it is really hard if you're trying to be the underdog fighting up the coaching ladder so you can get all the way to a Utah State, you know, a Mountain West level school or, you know, equivalent across the, the non-major or G5, you know, space. 
But, uh, yeah, that jump to major or P5 college, it's just a different animal. I know. So that, that's, my, that's my working theory. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's come up with that. Yeah, it really, it really isn't all that it's uh, cracked up to be. It, there's an, definitely an allure there, right? And I can't begrudge anybody for taking advantage of an opportunity to expand your horizons, you know, move on and take an opportunity to compete at a higher level. Any one of us would do that in our professions. Uh, an opportunity to be on a bigger stage and certainly they the earn a, a much bigger salary, like generational money. Not just take care of yourself, but take care of your kids and maybe some of these situations take care of your grandkids. Like Brian Harson's going to be fine for a while financially, but certainly his pride and his uh, reputation as a coach has certainly been damaged. But um, but you know what? That's kind of the the risk that you have to weigh. Like, am I am I willing to go through a few years of maybe this not working out and it's going to be rough and it'll be rough on me and maybe even my family, but financially we're going to be secure. Yes, that is. So what are you what are you willing to put up with? Yeah, if, if you if you're willing to go through hell mentally and in some cases maybe physically, um, you know, t- to get railed on by fans, be told that you're the worst head coach in SEC history, have the media, you know, suddenly being brave enough to start throwing darts at you in a press conference, and uh, you know, are you willing to go through that to get you know, maybe you can land like a hundred million dollar contract or something like that, get that Mel Tucker contract, where. And then if you get fired, then they buy you out. As you said, generational money. And the thing is, you can go back to coaching a G5. Because then with all those programs, it's, hey, look, it's former P5 coach and <laughs> yeah, did, did such and such a, that's right. at this program. You know, yeah. they'll take you on. And he'll, he, he, Brian Harson will earn a strong salary at a G5 school. If he decides to go that route next year, uh, maybe he goes the Matt Well route, Matt Wells route, and is an analyst for somebody for a little while, and then maybe becomes a coordinator before he decides to be head coach again. Yeah. But no matter what, you're absolutely right. That will be on his resume. Former Auburn head coach, former coach in the SEC who won these games against these opponents, and he'll absolutely use that in the hiring process to. Uh, to, to negotiate a strong salary at some future G5 program. Yeah, once you get this far up the coaching ladder, it just kind of becomes a uh, – I forget the word. Just just goes round and around. You, you know, you get to the top, then you get fired, you fall back down, you go to a G5, and it just keeps going. Rehabilitate your it, program. Yeah. It just, your reputation, then go back up again. You just get recycled over and over. So – all right, we're going to take a quick, a quick break. We'll get into more that happened over the weekend. A lot of Utah State stuff, a lot involved in basketball. Also got a lot of high school playoffs, volleyball and football, all that going on. We'll get to that next on 106.9 The Fan. You've been putting up with a dirty, dusty wood stove for years. Why haven't you changed it? Go to Advanced Fireplace and Stove in Logan. Look through their showroom for ideas on quadrifier pellet and wood stoves and heat and glow gas fireplaces. They have several demos in place so you can see firsthand how your project will look. And you can trust the pros at Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They'll do the job right. Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. 
Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. The Cache Valley Media Group Logan Holiday Gift Show is presented by Coppins Hallmark Friday and Saturday, November 11th and 12th at the Riverwoods Conference Center. It is the perfect place to kick off your holiday shopping. Ideas and treats for the entire family. Clothing, books, jewelry, purses, home and holiday decor, baby items, and don't miss ever Everyone's favorite guest, Santa. <laughs> the Logan Holiday Gift Show, presented by Coppins Hallmark. Friday and Saturday, November 11th and 12th at the Riverwoods Conference Center. Start your holiday shopping off right. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services, here when you need us most. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? Listen. Yeah, it was just kind of unlucky. What happened is unfortunate. We felt like we could push the pace. There's an expression that my coach in college, Eddie Sutton, used to have, which is, you can be tired, but you can't play tired. Like, Gerald Everett, I know you're sucking at wind. I know you need it out of the game. But, bro, you just quit because you were tired. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Raveling Instant Oil Change is open seven days a week at 695 North Main Logan. That's right across from Angie's. It's quick, clean, easy. That's how it should be when it comes to an oil change. You can stop in today or whenever you need an oil change. I know I'm due for an oil change. Need to get that done. Um, had a text that came in during the last segment. We didn't quite get to it. Uh, if you want to text in, the number is 435-339-0321. Uh, 9952, we were talking about the, uh, the I don't know if I want to call it a brawl as much as a straight-up assault uh, that happened at the Michigan State-Michigan game. Uh, 9952, he says, if you watch the video from the field, Michigan State went up the tunnel first, but two Michigan players went up the tunnel at the same time on their own. And that was another thing we were talking about as far as, like, the, the fact they both have to go up the same tunnel. There were two Michigan players who the Michigan State guys were going. It was a bunch of white jerseys. And all of a sudden, dancing up the up the tunnel, 
I mean, I don't want to blame those guys for getting assaulted by two people, but uh, they weren't helping matters. With yeah, how well, look, the, some of the play calling late in that game, a little suspicious too, suspect. Like, game's already decided, and instead of just taking a knee, like, Michigan's still running plays. Like, they're still like, let's get more yards. They just take a knee. No, we're gonna take. We're gonna get more yards it's until the the clock finally runs out, and it's like, wow, okay. We kind of had hey, this, it's a rivalry, so we, we kind of had this discussion it. on uh, on Thursday, I believe, when when we had Jacob Nielsen on, where there was um, a rookie for the Indiana Pacers. There was, you know, they were dribbling out the clock. It was like Pacers Bulls, and some guy in the Bulls was dribbling out the clock. They were up by like twenty seven points, and uh, the the rookie. I forget, it's like Benedict Marthurin or something like that, um, steals the ball, like suddenly snaps into action, steals the ball, goes and tries a layup, uh, and ends up getting fouled, and then he's, he was getting guff from the Bulls players. He was pointing at the scoreboard, you can see him mouthing, it's not over. And so you get these people with this, it's not over attitude, I'm going to keep playing as hard. I guess with Michigan, it was more of, I'll keep playing, we've won, but for the Pacers, it was... I want to get that final place. We lose by twenty five instead of twenty seven. Right. So it's kind of a debate about sportsmanship. Like when the game is over, like effectively over, there ain't triple zeros on the clock, and you have all these coaches that always say, "Always go to triple zeros and yada 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 and play until the final buzzer." Yeah, the yeah. stuff that get the stuff that all these Twitter accounts post, and then coaches retweet it and stuff. Right. Um, like, is that actually true? Because then there are some coaches where you get in these situations and they're like, oh, it's an unwritten rule. you got to such and such and such and such. It's like there's this game within the game within the game about sportsmanship and what to do at the end of a game when it's effectively, you know, there's no point in trying anymore. Yeah. Uh, I'm not – I don't bring that up to excuse, like, what Michigan State players did in the tunnel because there is no excuse for that. No, and, and, I mean, for some people they are like, well, the Michigan players ran up there with them. They got what was coming to them. No, that ain't right either. No, they're they're, I mean, they're not they're not liable for the assault that happened on them. I mean, that's are they they're putting themselves in a powder keg? Yes, but that doesn't excuse Michigan State for what they did yeah. and how they did it. We don't need any victim blaming. Here. N- no, you cannot blame a guy for getting beat up, even if you want to say it was. He- he kind of put himself in a dangerous situation. That doesn't matter. Somebody else still beat him up. Yes. Like, five, five, six guys ganged up on him. It's like that. that, that, that he didn't do anything to come close to deserving that. So don't need any of that. But let's do move need on. to be put in their place. Yeah, yeah. but let their coach do that. <laughs> yeah, let their coach. <laughs> let, let's go with some typical, you know, make him run, you know, you know, make him run up, up and down the field. That's an appropriate punishment for acting like a. Yes. Like a moron. Not getting the snot beaten out of you and likely missing a game or two. Could so. be, yeah, he broke his nose. Yeah, these, these guys probably aren't going to play next week. One of them's been like a three-year starter at corner. It's like, that's that's not cool. Oh, gosh. So anyway, moving on to more pleasant topics. <laughs> Volleyball playoffs. Those were happening uh, during the show last Friday. Well, some of them before the show, one of them slightly, a couple of them slightly during the show. Um, so you had the, the quarterfinals, the 28th. Then on Saturday, the 29th, they had the semifinals and finals. 
Uh, Skyview advanced uh, and then lost in the semifinals. They advanced from the quarterfinals by beating Snow Canyon and lost to Desert Hills, the five seed, in the semifinals. Lost in uh, five sets. Most high school matches never go to five sets. Yeah. Yeah, so. it was... Uh, I'm just checking. I don't think there are very many of those of the day. In fact, that was the... Uh, outside of the fifth and seventh place match, that was the only game that went full five. Yeah. Have, only! Yeah, the winner's bracket. Yeah, it's the only five-set match. And and it, it went back and forth because uh, Desert Hills or Skyview won the first set, lost the second. Or, yeah, Skyview won the first set, lost the second, lost the third, won the fourth, and then it went 15-11 in the final set. Back and forth. Unfortunately, Skyview, the number one overall seed... Not able to uh, advance past the semifinals. And then in the other semifinal match, that was Green Canyon and Ridgeline. That one was not close at all. It went 3-0 for Ridgeline. 3-0 who were 10-0 in region play from what I looked up and still were the third seed out of the region. Apparently that just went right under my nose. And all the times we brought it up on the show, I didn't actually look up the region standings. I just saw the RPI. I was like, oh, Skyview must be the best team. But apparently Ridgeline went all... You know, region title. Ridgeline, definitely the hottest team coming into the playoffs. Yeah. And so Ridgeline, they defeat Green Canyon 3-0, the two versus three seed. And then in the championship, five seed Desert Hills, three seed Ridgeline. So completely defying chalk in this uh, yeah, in this bracket. Uh, Ridgeline goes 3-0. Ridgeline only lost one set in all of the 4A volleyball playoffs. Yeah, and that was to uh, six seed Crimson Cliffs. It was the third set of a match they'd win in four sets. Right. And it's not like they got blown out of that either. It was like 20 to 25 or something like that. So you know, kudos to uh, Ridgeline Riverhawks. More championship hardware coming to Cache Valley. Uh, girls tennis. It was Green Canyon. Girls soccer. It was Mountain Crest. Girls volleyball. It's Ridgeline. What's going to happen with football now? we yeah, got we'll two see. Region 11 teams still alive. But what are their chances of bringing home that championship hardware? Yeah, so let's look at that. Let's update what happened on Friday at the start of the weekend. Some of those games were already in progress when we started the show Friday. Uh, and I feel like I made some predictions for these games, and I felt like I was pretty close on some of my predictions, especially the uh, Skyview Desert Hills one. You know, I, I mentioned you know, Skyview wins region title. They were maybe the hottest team. In terms of wins, maybe Ridgeline could take that, but you know, end the season on a five-game win streak. Yeah. Uh, then they beat Hurricane forty-one to six in their first playoff game. handily. So they go to Desert Hills. My prediction though was that Desert Hills are just too good. They're probably the toughest team Skyview's played since their non-region slate, and Skyview went one and three in their non-region slates. So that that kind of shows you how I kind of expect this. And my prediction was. Skyview loses by multiple touchdowns, but it's not a blowout. And what was the final score? <laughs> Pretty close. 35-21. Two touchdowns uh, to separate them. And yeah, Desert Hills just jumped on them quick yeah. early on. Um, just forced them into tough situations, scored early. Uh, so that Desert Hills offense and defense made life difficult for Skyview right out of the gates. Yeah. So obviously Skyview just unable to advance. Uh, Ridgeline, one of the other games, um... I predicted the. I don't know if I was quite spot on. 
but I did predict Ridgeline would win, and they did. I predict they'd win fairly comfortably. Um, you know, have a solid defensive performance, good offense. I think their offense exceeded my expectations, and maybe their defense didn't quite perform as good as I thought they would. But still, forty-one twenty. That's the final score. Their Ridgeline advances. So solid game from them. Yeah, yeah, and that's a team that's uh, they've they're starting to get a few players back who they lost early on. Uh, and starting to get into rotation and making big plays and helping them out. So that Ridgeline team, very dangerous right now. Yeah, and certainly getting hot. You know, they uh, they win their first game in the playoffs, 24-0, then 41-20. Although they are going to face uh, the one-seed Crimson Cliffs. That's their next game. Crimson Cliffs won 33-14 over Cedar. So that's a semifinal game. Uh, but going to the other quarterfinal that we had from Region 11, that was Dixie against Mountain Crest. And, oh, I wish I'd had the guts to predict this upset because I wanted to. It was in my nose. Like, I want to predict a Mountain Crest upset because I saw some of the things that could lead to this game where Mountain Crest has a good enough defense. It was a little higher scoring than I expected. But I thought Mountain Crest can keep Dixie's offense, you know, you know keep them down for the most part. And if their offense can score enough points, they could win this. I ended up not predicting a Mountain Crest upset, so I don't get credit for it. But I feel like I can get partial credit for saying Mountain Crest can definitely get the upset here, and they did. You know, twenty-eight, twenty-one. Yeah, you've uh, that's a Mountain Crest team that has always played really stout defense. Um, they make it difficult for their opponents, but there has been some question about their offensive ability. But look, you look at their last couple of games. Their last game of the regular season. Uh, and then the the first round playoff game, obviously both of those against the same opponent in Bear River, but they showed an ability to score points and then limit their opponent, and so they've shown an ability to start to get things clicking offensively, and then they go down on the road to Dixie, and they're they're no slouch. I mean they're the number three team. And there's some good football that's been played down in Southern Utah this season, and the Mustangs go down there and knock them out of the playoffs, twenty eight to twenty one. And so they advance, and you got uh, Mountain Crest as the number six seed uh, taking on Desert Hills. That's the second game. The first game will be number one Crimson Cliffs taking on Ridgeline. So that's going to be at four o'clock. The Mountain Crest game will be at seven. Both of these games will be played at Southern Utah University in Cedar City. And we will have radio, and we're working on some video components of it as well. So folks who can't make the trip down to Cedar City on Saturday will still be able to watch and follow along. Yes, yeah, so we'll have those updates for you throughout the week as far as who's going to be on the call. You know, We'll have the video components ready and also uh, what stations they'll be on, except those will probably be about the same as they always have. Yeah, so the Ridgeline game, no matter what, uh, it will be on 104.5 The Ranch. On the, on the radio, and for Mountain Crest, it'll be on its traditional home, and that'll be 107.7 KLZX. So there will be a radio component, so you can listen as you're going around doing different things or as you're coming in and out of the uh, the Aggie football game uh, and want to follow along later. But there we're also working on a, a video component with it to go along uh, with these broadcasts so you can watch to see what's going on. And I don't think, I want to make that clear, we, we probably will not have our normal guys who've been calling the games for Ridgeline and Mountain Crest. But uh, we have a crew in southern Utah. They're great at what they do, and uh, they'll, I'm sure they'll probably lean a little bit more towards Region 10, uh, <laughs> but I'm trying to get them to call it fair. But uh, we're, we're working on some ways that uh, we can have 
coverage for both of those teams for you can for those who aren't able to make the trip. Well, I'm sure they'll get us back for you know. I went down to call the the girls' soccer games, and we were sharing our broadcast with them, and you know, because they're, they're going for Snow Canyon, and you know, yes. it might have been a little more. I tried to be you know unbiased because I knew we were doing it both ways, but you know, obviously Mountain Crest was the team I was kind of rooting for <laughs> there. Yes. Um, yes, they've shared some of our feeds, and we've shared some of theirs, so it's been a, a mutually beneficial. Uh, relationship we have with Canyon Media in uh, Southern Utah, so it works out. We're gonna we'll have ways for you to follow along on Saturday. All right, now we're gonna go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk. You know, Utah State basketball. We had some stuff for the women's basketball team, some stuff for the men's basketball team happening over the weekend. So we'll talk about some of that, some observations as we get more and more clarity on what these two teams are like heading into the season. We'll have that after this on 106.9 The Fan. When Evan McMullen backed Joe Biden for president. He voted for every single catastrophic policy Biden's gang of socialists and tyrants inflicted on struggling Utah families. 40-year high inflation, crushing taxes, open borders, and lost freedoms. It was a bad call, but McMullen's got no regrets. We can't give Evan McMullen a second chance. We need Mike Lee now more than ever, our constant constitutional defender who never gives an inch to the forces who would destroy American freedom. The Biden-McMullen agenda drove Utahns' cost of living sky high. But Mike Lee has been a bulwark, shielding us from Joe Biden's thoughtless leadership, standing strong against rampant spending, lawless borders, and creeping socialism, even when he's had to stand alone. I'm Mike Lee, and I approve this message because I love Utah. I love our country, and it's been my honor to serve as your senator. Mike Lee for Senate. Paid for by Friends of Mike Lee Incorporated. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available, and now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI and online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. My name is Chris Hammond. My wife really appreciates a clean home, especially with three kids and two dogs. So when it comes to our carpets being cleaned, I always go to Daryl from ChemDrive Northern Utah. His team is quick, on time, and precise. They do a great job of making sure our home and our carpets are clean. Thank you, ChemDrive of Northern Utah. ChemDrive of Northern Utah. ChemDrive of Northern Utah. 435-752-6100. 
The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back. Full Court Press on a Monday here, a Reaction Monday. Got some jams going on. <laughs> Had to dance for a second before turning the mics back on. Okay, so let me ask you, before we move off into other topics, because we've been discussing Region 11 sports, uh, championship hardware is at Green Canyon for their girls' tennis team. Championship hardware is in Mountain Crest for their girls' soccer team. Championship hardware is at Ridgeline for their girls' volleyball team. Will there be championship hardware in Cache Valley after not this weekend, but next when the 4A state championship is done for high school football? It's like a prediction. So Ridgeline is facing Crimson Cliffs. Mountain Crest hosting or is taking on Desert Hills. Both those games at Southern Utah. So as far as home field. It's a neutral site for all parties involved, but certainly a lot easier for Crimson Cliffs and Desert Hills fans to get there than Ridgeline and Mountain Crest. Well, these two teams also, on paper, are the better teams right now. I think if you're looking at a team that has the best chance to take home you know, that gold-colored trophy, uh, it's going to be Ridgeline because they're hot, they've got some playmakers on offense, and they can maybe get things going. I don't think they're going to win the championship. I think we're probably going to have an all-region 10 uh, championship game. Um, but I'd give Ridgeline at least a puncher's chance. Mountain Crest, probably just not enough offense from them. I mean, if their offense has turned things around in the last few weeks where you know they've been scoring points, some of that's against Bear River. <laughs> but if their offense has turned it around, then yeah, I'd give them every chance. And at that point, you just ignore the fact they're a sixth seed and you... Look at a team that has a good offense and a great defense. And a team like that always has a chance to win right. it all. Yeah, you give the Mustangs a shot in this just because of the strength of how well they play defensively. Yeah. Um, and if if their offense can do enough to you know keep them on the field, give that defense a, a, a break, then why not give Mountain Crest a chance in this, certainly the way that they're playing. Now, I'm told, and from what I understand – when you go to the UHSAA website and look at their bracket, there is not a destination on where the finals will be played. Yeah, I, I saw that too, and I'm not like, aren't they supposed to happen at SUVU still? So what I'm what I understand is that if a Region 11 team is involved, then the championship will be played at Rice Eccles Taxpayer Stadium. If if it's an all Region 10 affair then there it could be up to the coaches of those schools where it's played because it could be moved to southern Utah. But uh, I have heard that there are some coaches who would still prefer the opportunity to play a championship game at Rice-Eccles Taxpayer Stadium um, and uh, would pr- just because of the experience that that provides for their athletes. So there's still a little bit, uh, it is still very much up in the air as to where the 4A state football championship will actually take place. The default is SUU, but if there's a Region 11 team involved or if it's an all-Region 11 championship, it's going to be at 
University of Utah. If there's a region, if it's an all-region 10 championship, there's a good chance it could still go to to Rice-Eccles Taxpayer Stadium, but uh, it's more likely that it'll get moved down to southern Utah. So are you just calling a taxpayer stadium out of spite, or did they actually change the name? <laughs> out of spite. Did we have to pay for their newest upgrades? T- taxpayers paid a lot for their initial upgrades while they were trying to uh, improve the stadium ahead of the Olympics. So okay, I don't have the university a got a, the a major tax. Uh, Utah taxpayers uh, kicked in a lot of money for uh, a lot of stadium upgrades. Okay, but I can live with that if it's for the Olympics. And U- University of Utah just benefits from that. If it was just for their University of Utah, I'd be kind of ticked about that. But if it's for the Olympics, for a good cause. Under the guise of having the Olympics. I mean, they could have still hosted still. opening ceremonies there no matter what. But, yeah. I wouldn't be as bitter. I know I don't want to. Urban Meyer has just arrived on the scene. Yeah, there, there's a lot of politics with that. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have a texture. uh uh, eight seven three nine. He's asking who won cross country, and I had to look this up. Maybe you know off the top of your head. Uh, I saw that they had the cross country uh, finals, but I don't remember the results. I'm glad you asked. So unless I've gone to the completely wrong page, because they just run a five k for their. Is that how they do the cross country? Because uh, this is because when I looked it up, it said the like five k results. And I, I feel like that's a longer too race than that. I was about to say, that's too short for a cross country. Yeah. So unless there's a lot more results, I don't have them in front of me, unfortunately. And I was not keeping up on that. I guess I wasn't doing my job there. I believe it was. Uh, I believe it was a school from Region Ten who won. Yeah, the results I have for these ones show schools from Region Ten for both. But again, I have my doubts of the accuracy of the information that's in front of me. Well, we'll try to f- we'll get an answer for you. Yeah, before we'll take, the show's done, we got to take another quick break here. Uh, I got to get one in. We may end up punting the basketball stuff. I keep teasing to next hour, but we'll take a quick break. Eric's going to look up these uh, these uh, results here, and we'll get back to you on that right before we end the uh, first hour. So we'll be back on one hundred six nine The Fan. Evan McMullen says he's independent. The Democrat Party knows he's not. Cheers rang loud after Utah Democrats reached a decision to join Evan McMullen. Democrats chose to back him. Why are Biden's allies pulling out all the stops to elect McMullen? Because he'd do their bidding in the Senate. Conservatives know he's a Democrat in disguise, but sometimes his mask slips. His positions on issues match the Democrat platform. He wants to weaken the filibuster, backed Biden's radical Supreme Court nominee, attacked police budgets, supported reckless spending, more debt. He's just another Biden liberal, even campaigned to make him president. I plan to cast my vote for Joe. Imagine the America we can have. Imagine the damage after two more years of a Democrat Senate giving Biden free reign. Utah can stop him if we stop McMullen first. Crypto Freedom Pack is responsible for the content of this advertising. Paid for by Crypto Freedom Pack. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. 202-971-1316. 
The Elements Restaurant is serving a plated Thanksgiving dinner this year with all the holiday classics. Herb roasted turkey with a sage turkey gravy, garlic whipped potatoes and whipped sweet potatoes, traditional cornbread stuffing and delicious warm rolls. And for dessert, choose between pumpkin pie, pecan pie or apple galette. Let the Elements serve your family a delicious Thanksgiving feast while you spend the day enjoying family and friends. Prime times fill up quickly. Reserve online today at theelementsrestaurant.com or call 75 75- Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. For over 20 years, Aegis Home Health and Hospice has been providing health care to Cash, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Whatever or wherever your health care needs, Aegis' goal is to meet those needs. Aegis Home Health and Hospice core values are character, experience, and trust. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, striving to provide the health care services you need. Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Getting cold outside, got to get yourself prepared for winter. If you haven't gotten your uh, car ready for winter, you can go over to your uh, locally owned Napa Auto Parts. They got antifreeze, fuel stabilizer, uh, ice melt, Rain X, and Trico silicone wiper blades. They got the Napa Legend and Legend Premium batteries available as well. So get yourself ready for the winter. So we found results for the cross country. It is 5K race for cross country. Um, So. The fastest runner for the girls out of Region 11 was Hadley Ballard, who finished fifth. Uh, but it was for the, the team results for the girls, it was Cedar High School, followed by Pineview. Green Canyon finished third, Ridgeline fourth. Is uh, when you look at the, the top finishers for, for girls cross country. And for the boys, uh, the fastest runner out of Region 11 was Isaiah Crookston, who was ninth overall. And for the team results, it was Desert Hills first, Snow Canyon second, and then you have to go down to Logan at number six is the highest team out of Region 11. Golly, the Southern Utah kids can run year-round. Up here you get frozen into an icicle <laughs> if you run outside of the months of, like, April to August. Yeah, but, I mean, we've we've seen some strong runs uh, before out of Region 11, but unfortunately it was uh, definitely a Region 10 uh, cross country uh, meet this year, so congratulations to them. But so they do have championship hardware for cross country. <laughs> they they so get credit some. for that. We can share that, I guess. Uh, Seven nine nine four uh, credit for helping us out there. Uh, he texts and saying five k was right. We we both thought that was kind of short, and I guess mainly because seven nine nine four Texan says college men can run an eight k or a ten k, hmm. which is a little more like what we think a cross country race is because. 
5K, like, you know, when I go running on a treadmill, I run two miles, which isn't much shorter than a 5K. Yeah, 5K is like 3.3 miles. Yeah. So it's like if if I went, you know, another, I'm not going to say how long because I don't want to tell you how long it takes me to run two miles. It's it's more than four minutes. 15 minutes, 26 seconds for the fastest uh, run this year. In the 5K for cross country. Yeah, let's just say I would not have finished a 5K in that time. <laughs> a point uh, 5K, maybe. All right, that'll do it for us on hour one. More, uh, more after this. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Coming into the NFL season, there was a long list of potential contenders. But after just eight weeks, that list is starting to shrink. Packers, Broncos, Rams, Raiders, Buccaneers, all popular Super Bowl picks after going all-in this offseason. But at just about the halfway point of the regular season, neither of those five have a winning record. Meanwhile, teams like the Giants and Vikings and Seahawks and Jets have shocked many with their impressive starts. There's still time for these teams to turn it around but after eight weeks we're starting to get beyond the experimental phase of the regular season the it's still early excuse can only last so long for teams like the rams and broncos and raiders there's a major concern after dumping a ton of money and draft picks into these roster changes and although that made for an interesting offseason the potential dangers of going all in are starting to become a reality of many of the preseason super bowl favorites i'm dan patrick and this is above the noise